Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 169 of the Mo Money Podcast. I am your host, Jessica Morehouse. Thanks for joining me for another episode. This one, hopefully, we will inspire you because after uh, recording it and then listening to it again when I was editing it, I got super inspired. Um, and this one is all about giving back, being charitable, um, and basically doing something a bit different with your money. I, I know on the podcast, we talk a lot about um, saving money. Um, you know, no, I never really talk about couponing, so I don't know why that came into my head. But we talk a lot about saving money and investing money, spending money, managing your money. We don't talk enough about giving away your money to people who really need it. We need to help each other in this crazy, crazy world. And uh, for me, it is something that's always been part of my life growing up. Um, we always, um, you know, made uh, charitable donations a, a part of kind of our family, our, our tradition, we, uh, you know, uh, and then I kind of brought that uh, uh, into my adult life. And uh, you know, sometimes I did, um, you know, kind of regular donations. Sometimes I would just save up money throughout the year and then do one big donation. Um, but it's not something that I think uh, a lot of us, especially in the personal finance community, talk about uh, enough because when you think about it, uh, we talk a lot about money in terms of how it's going to help us, not so much how it could help others. And uh, I feel like we're all in this together. We're all in this world together. We need to help each other out. And uh, it's important to have that, you know, line item in your budget for kind of charitable donations, giving back. And so for this episode, I am talking to Lena Patatar. She is the founder and CEO of a new app that is pretty nifty called Coin Up. Um, it is all about giving back, but in kind of uh, really small donations that kind of add up into a big impactful donation. So, you know, there's lots of apps out there that, you know, will round, if you make a purchase, then they'll kind of um, round up the cent or dollar or whatever to the next level and then use that money to invest it for you. I'm not explaining that correctly, but you know what I'm talking about. CoinUp kind of does the same thing, but uh, instead of uh, taking those kind of extra cents or dollars and putting it towards your investments, it uh, puts it towards a charitable nation to uh, a charity that really needs your donation. So you hardly even notice that you're making a charitable donation, but at the end of the year, you're like, oh, wow, I've actually made quite a big impact. And yes, you can get a tax receipt. So I'm going to be talking to Lena about all this and more coming up. Just a few words right now about this episode's sponsor. This episode of the Mo Money Podcast is supported by Vanguard Investments Canada. Unless you've been living under a rock, then you've probably already heard of Vanguard. Vanguard is one of the world's largest investment management companies and is one of Canada's leading providers of affordable index ETFs and actively managed mutual funds. Not only that, you've heard me talk a lot about index funds on the podcast, right? Yeah, well, Vanguard launched the first ever index fund in 1976, changing the investment landscape forever. Vanguard is on a mission to keep costs low. Lower fees on mutual funds and ETFs means more money in your pocket as an investor. There's even a thing called the Vanguard effect, which is when Vanguard sets up shop in a new country like Canada, and they help drive down costs in the investment industry because no one can compete with their low fees. Since they opened their doors in Canada in 2011, the industry's average MER on ETFs went from 0.44% to 0.37%. That may not sound like a lot, but it actually equates to saving Canadian investors tens of millions of dollars per year in fees. I'm also a proud Vanguard investor myself, holding a number of their low-cost ETFs in my own investment portfolio. 
To learn what funds I hold and more about Vanguard Investments Canada, check out my blog post all about them at jessicamorehouse.com slash Vanguard. Or head on over to vanguardcanada.ca for info on their funds, how to start investing, and how you could save thousands of dollars on fees by choosing low-fee funds for your investment portfolio. Once again, visit vanguardcanada.ca. Well, thank you, Lena, for joining me on the Mo Money podcast. I am so excited to uh, chat with you for this episode of the show. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. It's great to be here. You are so welcome. I love talking to interested entrepreneurs. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, so you are currently the co-founder and CEO of CoinUp, um, which is an app, and we'll get more into that later in the episode. Uh, but I really want to get to know you a little bit more because uh, I always like having uh, female entrepreneurs on my show, especially in the tech and finance space because they are unicorns. There's not a lot of them. So I would love to know how you got into this space. Like, uh, was this something that you uh, were always interested in or, or like, how, how did this uh, come to be? Yes. So basically out of college, um, I was a CPA and one of my first jobs was auditing at Citibank. Mm-hmm. So I've been in the banking world for a long time and because of that, one of the first things I worked on back then was the internet banking um, process, mm-hmm. like how somebody was actually going to start working, you know, using internet bank in their daily lives. And it was such a precursor to what the way we use banking now, you'd almost laugh, laugh mm-hmm. if you saw, you know, the differences mm-hmm. and what we tried to build back then versus what's happening now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we, the internet didn't even exist. It's like, well, yeah. maybe it did, but not you know, commercially. Yeah. And so, yeah, we were building these internet banking screens. And ever since then, I've just had a real passion and love for fintech mm-hmm. and, you know, being an accountant and having a CPA background, it's like, you know, the audit trails, the compliance, um, all of that behind it is really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And then uh, just the technology, what makes things possible. Um, so, yeah, I've kind of always been in that arena mm-hmm. and, you know, I kept it, kept, stayed within the banking field for a while, went to business school and then also stayed in the finance world for quite a bit. But then I started diverting to the entrepreneurship world out of that. Mm-hmm. So I've been an entrepreneur now for almost 15 years. Oh, wow. And CoinUp is actually my sixth startup. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'd be so curious to know what some of the other businesses you were involved in before CoinUp. Six? That's a lot. Were they all like in kind of the same sphere or were they kind of in different kind of aspects of fintech or just technology? Yeah, so I would say the common thread has been innovation to some degree, mm-hmm. like you know, in, being innovative in different industries. Um, but the other and, and the other common thread has been kind of compliance. Mm-hmm. So coming from the financial tech world, there was a lot of compliance. I also did a lot of healthcare work, and um, well, healthcare industry work, and then um, yeah, now we're doing nonprofit work. Mm-hmm. So all really highly regulated fields that do require quite a bit of compliance and. They, you know, real demand for technology, but they're kind of the industries that also adopt technology the latest because they're most the most risk averse. Right. And that's like, there's a lot of different industries I can think of. I come from a background in the legal world and they are, are like the last to like join everything. <laughs> right. Exactly. Very yeah. similar. Yeah. So uh, since CoinUp is your sixth business, how did you come up with the idea? It says you're a co-founder, so you uh, obviously worked with a partner. How did this uh, kind of come about? How did you get the idea for this app? And and then we can kind of go more into this app because I think it's a really, really cool idea. 
Yes. So basically, you know, we were thinking of different ideas. We love the social entrepreneur space. We were thinking, um, you know, what can we do different? And there was a lot of inspiration, right? There was um, the roundup and donate at the grocery stores. Mm -hmm. There's been the spare change in a jar concept, you know, Ronald McDonald, that uh, McDonald's does at their cash registers Mm -hmm. where you drop your loose change into that canister. And just doing research about, you know, what else is out there. And I noticed there was no donation apps. Yeah. Like, why isn't there a donation app? And you know, why haven't we built this yet? I mean, millennials are the most giving generation ever, and not just millennials, but even you know, the younger generations in general. The nonprofits are trying to connect with them, but of course, they're all, everyone's on their phone, and there's no platform yet, you know, no bridge between the nonprofits and the younger generations. Mm-hmm. So, just started you know, researching that and then started thinking, okay, let's, let's see what this looks like. Spare change in a jar gone digital and mm-hmm. sort of building it, creating it. Um, went to Apple and Apple basically said, oh, well, we don't accept mo- mobile donation apps. Oh. And this was after we spent like a year building it and putting together the technology and the idea and, you know, forming the company on this stuff. And like, what do you mean you don't accept mobile donation apps? Yeah. Like, well, it's a highly regulated industry. You know, there's a lot of, you know, we haven't really looked into what it's going to take to, you know, ensure that these charities are authentic, right. to ensure that donations are going to the right place. There's a lot of issues within yeah. Apple. Um, and they usually normally will... Uh, approve an app within a week, yeah, a few days. For us, it took about three and a half months. I spent wow. months talking to their legal department, their policy department, all, all different departments to really find out what their issues were and how we could address them all. And you know, because I come from that world, I built a lot of audit trails and transparency into our our model here. And I think they really appreciated that. Mm-hmm. And we're asking, how did you think of this, and how did you do that? And you know, we had some great conversations. And I think ultimately, they were like, you know what, you're the first donation app that we're officially approving wow. because this is great and you've done it kind of the way that, you know, we, we can understand it and put it out there. So that was huge. And that happened in August of 2016. Oh, wow. So it's been around for over a year, a year and a half. Year and a half. Yep. Yeah. Wow. So, so that's interesting. I had no idea. And it's true. It's like, I think when I heard about this app, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I've heard of any other apps that do the same thing. I guess that probably <laughs> answers my question. That's why. Um, right. So why, I guess I have several questions about this app. My one thing is I, I'm all about giving back. I've tried to integrate that into my lifestyle since uh, an early age. It's been something that my family does. So it's something I always nice. wanted to make sure. Always giving back in some way, donating to a charity once a year is kind of uh, what I try to do. Um, but one thing I always try to look for out for too is, you know, in terms of choosing what charity, um, to donate to one thing I, I look for is like, Hmm, if it's, you know, uh, you know, a respectable charity and everything like that, is there also, you know, some kind of tax benefits? I know, uh, in Canada, I, I, I you know, you can speak to the U S maybe, but in Canada, you know, there are some tax credits. So if you, it's a way to encourage people to donate money, is there any kind of incentives or anything like that with their app? Right. So to answer all your questions, um, in terms of choosing a charity, um, you're right. It's a really hard thing to kind of identify when you're just starting out, you know, giving to an organization. You know you want to give and you're not sure which organization is the Mm -hmm. right organization. Um, You may be passionate about veterans or children or the homeless, but you don't really know an organization that's collected around there. So one thing that we do in the app is that you can actually choose your charity by your zip code or by a category. Okay. So you can mm-hmm. say, oh, I'd like to choose a, you know, a children's charity in 92130 zip code mm, or, like you know, 
yeah, whatever zip code you might be in. So, you know, and we actually will show you those charities and you can learn about them because we provide, you know, a picture from them, a snapshot of them in terms of, you know, uh, what they represent and their mission statements. So you can, you can spend a little time going through them. We have 200 charities right now to pick out, mm-hmm. of, you know, choose out of. So we really want to give everyone a, a great choice. The other thing we do is we do in, um, check the charity's background before we yeah. um, onboard them. So basically we're, we're vetting all the charities to ensure that they meet certain uh, compliance standards before we bring them onto the app. So when you do choose a charity on the app, you know, you can be pretty confident that it's a charity that's been around for a couple of years. They are an official 501c3 and you will receive a tax donation receipt at the end of each year that you can use for your taxes, as you were just mentioning. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I know. I'm sure most people don't really care about that aspect, but for me, I always care about. No, do you know everyone asks that? Oh, okay. yeah, everybody asks that yeah, all the time. So you want to do good, but you also, if you, there's some tax, you know, benefits, you know, that would it. Okay, good. That was like one of my questions because. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that sounds that sounds amazing. So you mentioned, and I know, um, yeah, some sorry, of the tax ahead. laws are changing right now in terms of the tax deductions, but historically, it's been if you if you donate two hundred fifty dollars or more is when you really need a tax receipt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in most cases, this app, you know, doesn't necessarily go much beyond that, you know, for most of our customers, but people still really want it. I think it's, Mm -hmm. it's uh, an official like approval, you know, a seal of approval that you've done the donation to the right organization. Definitely. So we're happy to provide that. Yeah. How much in general do do people donate, do you find, uh, Mm -hmm. using the app? Well, a lot of people, you know, will say unlimited, just all my spare change all month long, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. I just donate it all. And I would say otherwise, the average is kind of around twenty five dollars mm-hmm. mm-hmm. of what people set as their monthly cap. Mm-hmm. So, I actually, walk me through a little bit how the app works. It sounds familiar; like it sounds very similar to other apps that you know kind of take some uh, kind of spare change from uh, you know money that you have in an account with them, and and they use that to either like put it into a special savings account or put it into an investment account. You're kind of doing it where you're taking the, that kind of extra money that they probably won't notice anyway. You're kind of just rounding up some numbers and then using that those funds to um, make some charitable donations. Right. So um, the best way to really wrap your head around it is to think of spare change in a jar gone digital. Mm. So instead of using cash, um, you know, we're all using our credit cards and debit cards right now. So how do we create that for, you know, the digital world? Um, so what we've done is we basically created this app where you can link your credit card or your debit card and set a monthly cap. And of course, the first thing you do is pick a charity of your choice. So once mm-hmm. you've um, linked your card, we can round up all your transactions all month long. So whether you're at the grocery store or a coffee shop or, you know, just shopping for clothes, if you spend, you know, let's say $70 and two cents, we can round up 98 cents. Or if you spend mm-hmm. $12 and, you know, 10 cents, we can round up 90 cents for the next dollar. And all that spare change keeps um, being added up until the end of the month. And at the end of the month, we take the accumulation that spare change uh, compared to your monthly cap. We'll never go over that. But um, and we donate all that spare change to your charity. So if your cap is $20 and you hit $19.22 in spare change, we only deduct $19.22 from your credit card. And mm-hmm. it goes directly to your charity of choice each mm-hmm. month. So uh, another question, too, is, is does this app have any kind of – can you link different bank accounts or do you have to have your funds – in this app? No. So it's, it's literally, we charge your credit card or debit card at the end of the month. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. There's no fund where we hold it. We don't collect interest on it. We don't uh, have an escrow account or a hold or anything like that. Okay. At the end of the month, um, you know, 85% of that will go directly to your charity and 
don't know if you're going to talk about this, but the yeah. fees wind up yeah. say 15% of every transaction. So that's how it works, but it happens seamlessly every, at the end of every month and directly to your charity. Okay. Sorry. You mentioned the fees. Uh, sorry, can you yeah. mention that again? Yeah, sure. So, you know, we collect a fee of 15% on every transaction. Right. And that's because we want to create a sustainable company. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're creating a platform that we want our nonprofit partners to be able to depend on. Mm-hmm. So we need to create the company behind it that can, you know, just at least operate yeah. on day operations to provide that uh, service for them. So the national cost of fundraising is 25%. Um, other fundraising, you know, might be 20% or whatever. But at 15%, it was a number that we felt we were being fair in terms of what we could offer the charities while still, still running a sustainable business. And, you know, we did a lot of research and spoke to a lot of organizations before we went in on that. Um, mm-hmm. But ultimately, yeah, the, you know, we brought 200 charities on board that are very comfortable with that. And yeah. Yeah, I think it's what I think uh, really attracted me to it was just that, like being a millennial, and I was actually uh, a couple weeks back on the news, and we were talking about um, how uh, millennials compared to baby boomers in general aren't donating as much to charity, and kind of discussed why is it because they're not earning as much, they don't have as much, you know, kind of uh, money to toss around, or is it just because it's not super accessible? I mean, uh, a lot of you know charities these days, you know, you you have to find them online. And then usually the only interaction, I, I mean, for some of the charities that I've donated to like a couple of years ago, they send me mail still. Like it's very kind of old school. <laughs> they haven't really, you know, up with the times uh, digitized and stuff. So this is kind of the only way that I've really seen, oh, wow, they're actually going digital. And one of the points we kind of talk, uh, talked about on TV was that um, the kind of charities that, uh, especially younger people's are, are, are becoming more aware of are the ones that do have some sort of, uh, that are a bit more, you know, uh, savvy when it comes to te- technology or social media, right. like the ice bucket challenge that went viral. And now we all know uh, a little bit more about ALS. And so it's, it's exciting to see that there's, you know, stuff like your app that is kind of giving a voice to these charities that probably most people don't even know about. Um, what are your really, kind of, really good point? Yeah. What are your kind of thoughts on, on, on some of that? And just like, you know, what charities need to do to kind of, you know, become more, um, represented and more known. I mean, I think you're hitting the nail on the head that if, you know, if you don't start connecting with, um, the younger generations at where they're at, you'll mm-hmm. miss out on them. And of course, they'll start connecting with the charities that do. So, you know, it's in the nonprofit's best interest to create these relationships with these younger ages. So as they do accumulate wealth and get to a point where they can contribute significantly, they've already built these relationships inherently, you know, by starting out when they were young. Mm -hmm. So there is definitely an undercurrent going on of, you know, what you're saying and um, why we've come, come to be. Mm -hmm. Um, We definitely want to be that bridge and there's no cost for charities to sign up with so they just go to our website, rightcoinupapp.com, and they can fill out the information and register with us. And there's no commitment. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's no commitment. And it sounds like this is a great way for, especially if they do want to kind of hit those uh, younger people, just promote the app because it's an easy entry point. Um, so I, I kind of want to talk about some of the different charities that you do have involved. What are some of the charities that you, and, and are they kind of across the board, just very different? Do Are, are they, you know, with certain categories? Yeah, it was really important to us that before we went strong on bringing donors on board or customers on board and users, we want to make sure we give them a really great choice of organizations, right? So first of all, in terms of what type of category they'd be interested in, 
mm-hmm. but also in terms of where they're located. And then also large to mid to small size charities. So we have so many local charities, you know, um, across the country, whether it's New York or Texas or California, we've got several local charities. We have mid-sized charities. Um, so, you know, for example, Challenge Athletes Foundation is one of our mid-sized charities that's really big here on the mm-hmm. West Coast. And then uh, we have national charities like Boys and Girls Club of America and mm-hmm. March of Dimes and Hepburn International that are also on board. Mm-hmm. So we've kind of got a good offering now. So it should be something everyone likes. And if they don't, we um, also have the potential where you can add, you know, a charity that you'd like to see on the app. Oh, that's and good. Try to bring them on board. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's so cool. Um, so what do you really want people to know? I guess I, I, well, I'm, I'm really curious, like, why is this such a, a big passion for you, especially like, you know, this isn't exactly, you, you could probably be making a lot more money if you did like some <laughs> other, you know, tech app or whatever. Why was this so important for you to uh, co-found and, um, you know, really yeah. take charge of? You know, of course, like for me, um, financial return is just one part of the equation, but not the most important thing to me. I just think if we can create a business where we're giving back Mm-hmm. And we're benefiting nonprofits as our customer. It's just such a, I don't know, such a, such a better way to feel rewarded and fulfilled with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, creating a social impact company just has become so inherent to me. I mean, the more I researched it, the people I meet in this arena, mm-hmm. when I see what the nonprofits do and how much they give of their own time and effort and everything, it's like I feel like it's all of our responsibilities to help fundraise so the people mm-hmm. who work at the missions can actually execute the mission and not worry mm-hmm. about the fundraising. Mm-hmm. You know, why should they be fundraising and executing on the mission? Um, we should all be contributing however we can. And maybe, if, you know, if we can't do time right now, at least you can contribute a few dollars a month mm-hmm. through spare change. It just makes it, and, and the power of spare change is immense, right? Yeah. Um, organizations like March of Dimes. So March of Dimes started collecting spare change in 1938. Franklin oh, Roosevelt wow. started that organization um, to eradicate polio. Mm-hmm. And over the years, they finally did that. They collected enough spare change, hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions, eventually, and eradicated polio yeah. through their wow. concept. So, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's super powerful. And I think it's, it is something, you know, especially in the world of personal finance, I think giving back um, and donating is, is always kind of the last thing on the list when it comes to like, you know, you got a budget, you got to invest your money, you got to pay down your debt. A lot of people kind of leave, you know, being charitable kind of at the end of the list. But as we, especially younger people get older, we are going to realize that we need to, otherwise these charities will not stay afloat. So it's really up to us for us to continue to fund. And it's kind of our duty. And it, I think a lot of people have the misconception that you have to have a lot of money or you have to do a big lump sum where that's kind of not the case at all. Anymore. I think like you said before, there hasn't really been the catalyst to create some of these um, you know, opportunities mm-hmm. for A, younger generations and B, you know, lower levels of participation. Because you know, it's not easy to write a check for $10 a month. It's mm-hmm. not something you remember or think mm-hmm. about all the time. But then on top of it, um, you know, I don't even think the younger generations own checkbooks. Yeah. So no, not really. You know, is that going to happen? <laughs> I have a checkbook and I use it maybe once a year. <laughs> right. Right. So, so it's really interesting. It's a different dynamic going yeah. on. And I think we have to um, adapt to that and mm-hmm. provide solutions. Because, yeah, these nonprofits are really doing amazing work, you know, throughout the world. Mm -hmm. And we want to make sure we can support them. And honestly, it's just such a great place to live and work in my head. Like, 
every day. You mm-hmm. know, I, I get to be surrounded by this and be in this really authentic place. And that means a lot to me. Absolutely. So what are your plans to, to grow kind of your organization? Is it going to eventually be a global thing? Yeah. I mean, we get a lot of international demand. Um, so many people and organizations are just waiting for us to go international. Mm-hmm. So that's something we definitely would like to do in the next year or two. Um, it's a matter of really having the connections out there, you know, finding the right groups to partner with, because mm-hmm. again, we want to make sure that the charities are authentic mm-hmm. and that we understand the regulations, you know, each of those countries yeah. before we evolve that way. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, uh, Lena, before I let you go, where can people find more information about the coin up app? Oh yeah, definitely. So you can go to our website, coinupapp.com. So it's C O I N U P A P P.com. So you can also do a web registration. If you don't have an iPhone, mm-hmm. you can also just register um, through the website. Okay. So is it currently only uh, available on the Apple Store for um, uh, iPhone users? Well, yes, but you can also use the website. Right. So anyone can so go anyone on the website. Can. But it's mobile friendly. So if you have an Android, you can still go oh. to the website. Oh, perfect. Oh, great. And it's a mobile friendly version. Yeah. So we yeah. made it available to everybody. Oh, good. That's awesome. Great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Lena, for taking the uh, time to chat with me. I think what you're doing, your initiative is really great. And I hope it kind of inspires some people to uh, maybe look at their budgets and see if they can add an extra category for donations if they don't already have it and use your app to do it seamlessly. That'd be great, Jessica. Let's get everyone on board. Yes, definitely. Thanks. Thank you so much. And that was episode 169 with Lena Padtar. She is the founder and CEO of CoinUp. Uh, Check them out, coinupapp.com, or go to the Apple Store and download the app yourself. Um, But again, if you don't have uh, an Apple device, you can just do it on their uh, webpage. It's mobile-friendly, super easy. Um, Currently, the app is only available to um, U.S. residents, but they are. um, it says on their website that they have plans to open it up to other countries, hopefully Canada very soon. Um, So hopefully in 2019, there will be some kind of new information about that. Still, if you are a U.S. listener, this is definitely something you should uh, look into, especially if you feel like you can't afford to, there's no room in your budget to give back. This is a way that I think will, will help you with that. Cause again, it's, it won't be something that you hardly ever notice. Um, but it will have a big impact. So definitely check it out. Uh, coinupapp.com. And hopefully if, you know, for all my Canadian listeners, me included, um, I really hope this uh, episode kind of inspired you to see what kind of charity or what kind of nonprofit you want to um, maybe donate some of your dollars to. Um, I know I've, I've worked with nonprofits. Um, I've donated to a, a lot of you know charities over the years. And I, I do know that they really do need that money. They really do um, depend on um, donations. So I don't know, even just like $100 a year is better than $0 a year. So I don't know, just just take a think and do some research and see what um, charity you want to support and you want to help. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's your homework for the episode. Okay, do it. Just do it. Okay. Uh, just a few um, little announcements and uh, things to share after this uh, in a second, but please uh, stick around. Just a few words I want to share about this episode sponsor. This episode of the Mo Money podcast is supported by Vanguard Investments Canada. Want to start investing, but also want to avoid paying crazy high fees? Or maybe you're already investing, but hate that the fees you're paying are eating up a huge chunk of your returns then you may want to consider Vanguard's low-fee ETFs or actively managed mutual funds instead. 
Vanguard is one of the world's largest investment management companies and is one of Canada's leading providers of affordable index ETFs and actively managed mutual funds. Curious how they're able to offer funds with some of the lowest fees around? Well, rather than being a publicly traded company or owned by a small group of individuals, Vanguard is owned by its U.S. domiciled funds and ETFs, and those funds in turn are owned by their investors. That means that Vanguard investors don't have to worry about the company being acquired one day and can rest assured that Vanguard's only priority is offering low-fee funds so their investors can build their wealth even sooner. To learn more about Vanguard Investments Canada, check out my blog post all about them at jessicamorehouse.com slash Vanguard. Or head on over to vanguardcanada.ca for info on their funds, how to start investing, and how you could save thousands of dollars on fees by choosing low-fee funds for your investment portfolio. Once again, that's vanguardcanada.ca. All right, so uh, announcement time. Uh, I have not done a webinar for some time. Um... I feel like the last one I probably did was last spring for tax season, which was so much fun. I'll definitely do another one about taxes. Um, it was just like, I don't know. It was super fun. I just love taxes. But uh, this one is not going to be about taxes. This webinar I am going to be doing very, very soon, a few weeks, October 10th at 7 p.m. Eastern time is all about side hustles. So uh, I've been doing a number of in-person uh, presentations and workshops about side hustles around Toronto, and I've been loving it. I've been getting some really great feedback. Um, I just love giving this presentation, uh, but I realize a lot of y'all do not live in my hood of Toronto. You live everywhere. You live you know, all over the world. So uh, I want to invite you, if you're interested in side hustles, if you're interested in learning how to make some extra money on top of your day job, which is exactly what I did and eventually turned my side hustle into my full-time job, uh, if you want to learn how to actually do this, what is the side hustle? What are some steps, some action steps that you can take to actually you know, get started? Then you're definitely going to want to check out this uh, webinar and sign up for it. Um, all you have to do Go to jessicamorehouse.com slash uh, side hustle webinar, uh, or you could very well just go to the show notes for this episode, jessicamorehouse.com slash 169, y'all. Um, but make sure to sign up. There's limited uh, seating. It's weird because it's, it's virtual, but just like there's just a, a cap on it just because that's the program I use. There's a cap. Um, so make sure to uh, sign up for this webinar before all the spots are taken because uh, it's going to be a good one, inspiring educational. Not going to want to miss it. Also, it's free. So why not? Uh, so again, uh, jessicamorehouse.com slash side hustle webinars where you can uh, sign up and it's going to take place October 10th. That's a Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Um, that's kind of the big announcement, I'll be honest. But uh, I always like to continue the conversation, see what's happening with you. So make sure to, of course, join my Facebook group first and foremost, if you're not already in there. It's uh, free. Again, there's like 1500 people in there. A lot of amazing, awesome people. There's no jerks. No jerks allowed. It's a no jerk group. Um, and it's just about supporting each other, educating uh, each other, lifting each other up. And so we can all become more financially literate and empowered and confident. So make, go to, make sure you go to facebook.com slash groups slash money life bounce. Get yourself in that group. Do it. You're going to like it. Um, last but not least, to uh, make sure you do get as much information about what I'm up to at all times, you're definitely going to want to get on my weekly newsletter list because there's a lot of things that I do not uh, share on the podcast because I just don't have 
time, basically. I'm a busy lady. Um, and a lot of things just happen pretty quick. So there's, you know, I, I do pre-record a lot of these episodes. So make sure to go to jessicamorehouse.com slash subscribe to get on the list. Um, and also by doing so, you can also get access to uh, my full free le- resource library. So all the kind of resources, opt-ins that I've created uh, over the past couple of years, you can just sign up and get them all for free and download them. So yeah, just saying, just saying. Okay, that's uh, that's a lot. That is a lot. I uh, have a lot of work to do uh, to prepare this webinar. So uh, I hope to see you there. But I also hope to see you uh, back here next Wednesday because I'll have a fresh new episode you're not going to want to miss. So uh, thanks for listening and I will check you back here. See you back here next Wednesday. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.